Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Gordon. Hi, Gordon. A couple of years ago, you made the decision to change your camera system to Micro Four Thirds infrastructure. You've indicated many times and for many reasons that you are very happy with that decision. Yet, we still hear people talking about upgrading or changing, and there's not always a clear reason why one would make this change. So I thought it might be a good topic because you've got practical experience with it. Well, I'm hearing the same thing. And I agree that it's uh, worth discussing because there is a fairly large cost associated with doing so. And I believe there should be some return that you get for doing this, even if it is only your own pleasure. And I think that we should be clear, and the listener should be too. Are you thinking of changing because your current system will not perform as you expect? Are you thinking of the switch because of the computational capabilities of a mirrorless system? Or, and this is the commonest one, is weight and size your primary reason for the switch? Now, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you went from a full-frame DSLR to the Micro Four Thirds mirrorless system. Can you share some of your personal rationale on why you made this decision? Well, my main reason was the same as everyone else's. I was uh, shooting Nikon D600, I believe, at the time, and my main thrust was wildlife photography. My main lens for this was a Nikon 200-500, and it's not the largest of gear by any means, especially as compared to some of the stuff I have seen recently, including yours. But this whole aging thing included two things I didn't count on. Number one, I got smaller, and number two, my muscle mass seemed to change. And this particular combination made everything extremely awkward. And since I was still stupidly active and not prepared to give up what I loved doing, I figured I'd better find another solution and another system to this problem. Well, I can see that. I admit that I don't have that same enthusiasm for carting heavy gear around anymore either. What else made a difference to you? Well, in all honesty, I enjoyed photography. What did I know about things like crop sensors, field of view, lens, camera, body construction? Well, pretty much nothing. But I did know someone who did, and I got educated. And I would not like to be in the position of having to make this decision based on the average assumption that crop sensors or a four-thirds system necessarily are lighter. Well, that's certainly not necessarily true. And I know that there are still folks chasing the megapixel unicorn. I find this confusing since the majority of images that folks are taking, pictures that they're taking, are viewed only on screens with a resolution considerably less than even eight megapixels. So, if the megapixel unicorn isn't the real issue, what is? 
again, I was pretty naive about this issue of megapixels. There was a question of low-light photography and performance, and I had come from the film era where these issues did not actually exist unless you talked about the grain of an ASA. But I had been introduced to names like Scott Byrne and his stunning images, and being a fairly basic sort of a person, that was good enough for me. My real education came after. I'm fairly certain that people looking to make the decision are probably ill-informed about the issues of megapixels and the image quality and its association with portrait versus low-light performance. And when they're looking into this, they will find all these things talked about. Are they valid or not valid? Well, I'll leave that to you to deal with. Well, I've had benefit of shooting with smaller sensors, like the Micro Four Thirds size, in fact, the same brand of camera that you chose to, as well as with the current offerings uh, in, let's call them the mirrorless, be they crop sensor or full frame. And I don't really see any issues. I think that you have mentioned noticing some digital noise in the past, can you talk about any things that you've discovered that are less effective with this change to a different system that is physically smaller and has a smaller sensor? Well, I've had very few issues with the body and the sensor. And it's not clear whether the differences that I have noticed can be attributed to the sensor or to differences in the corporate philosophy and culture of the full-frame system, in this case of an icon, and the smaller format cameras. But I will say this, that after my switch, my immediate observation was that shooting at a higher ISO, say 3200, I thought I was finding that noise was more noticeable. Now, I am recalling this from way back and is based on the impression of bird photography, which frequently takes place in birds under trees. And so I think I noticed it, but I can't put a cause and effect on it. One thing I did absolutely notice was that the quality of the image was different with the small sensor. Colors were more punchy, and the gradations of the pastels from dark to light, pinks to reds, was definitely more more noticeable and and was less... It was more subtle with the full-frame system. Again, hard to say whether this is a difference in corporate philosophy or actually a function of the sensor and the system. Having said all of this, let's be aware of the time frame. I was using equipment that was pre-2018 and the whole digital system thing was evolving. 
my new equipment and my old equipment with the upgraded firmware is not showing this discrepancy. And certainly newer bodies from the same company have done what cell phones do so well. They've added computational processing. And I have read reputable claims of shooting at 25,000 ISO with very good image quality. So take that as it may be. I think you highlight something very important, and that is the ever-changing environment. Mm -hmm. Four or five years, as we're getting close to 2023, is an awful long time in electronics. So I see that overall, the move in the cost has had no serious downsides to you. It did cost significant money, as you said, to make the system change. Can you talk about some of the things that you have that you could not get out of your old camera system that you were using before that you really needed or now believe, or I mean, if you're starting today, they're must-haves. This is a tough one, and it's uh, right up there with ignorance being uh, bliss. There was nothing I wanted to do that the Nikon system would not do for me. But I accepted that what I could do was what I wanted to do, and I learned one way or the other to do it the old way. It was only after I switched and to start and started menu diving and doing some more research because they were talking about me doing things that I didn't understand what they were asking me to do. And it was only when I started doing all this research to try and find out what they expected did I find all the additional, I'm going to call them benefits of a mirrorless system. And I'm going to say mirrorless system rather than my system because other systems may not have the same capabilities or mine may not have their capabilities. I, I say that you're being very honest and very open in your discussion. You do mention, though, that you found some things that you do enjoy more or get more value from. Perhaps you could iterate some of those things or functions that help you make better images. Well, I'm going to take this fairly briefly because uh, otherwise they're going to throw us off the air. As I just mentioned, that all the things that I mentioned may not be applicable to all small sensors, small system sensors. And these things are size and not necessarily the weight is a big advantage. The weight is not an advantage because once you take the smaller camera body, which now is not actually all that small, and you add what you believe are functional pieces of equipment, like a battery grip, or you decide you really need the pro line of lenses, which are substantial in their building, this weight choice becomes less apparent. 
Other things that I noticed, there's effortless switching between stills and video, handheld photog uh, video photography with my mirrorless system is fairly stunning. And I am told that other systems perhaps do it better. They all claim to have a crazy image stabilization, stabilization system, some of which are built into the lens and even more so are built into the body. And I know we've had this discussion before about stabilization and how effective it is, but on occasion I've handheld a shot for maybe one-tenth of a second, one-fifteenth of a second, and I have to admit I could not do that before, so I have to say something is happening here that I am not aware of, whether it's computational or just stabilization. I don't know, but there is a difference. I can easily switch to time-lapse photography. I don't have to go through a whole lot of calculations. I just turn the system on, make a few basic choices, and away you go. I can do in-camera, high dynamic range. Maybe not the most sophisticated, but if you're facing a very dramatic scene and you think that that's a good way to get around the brights and the darkness, well, switch the button. Focus stacking. This I find this absolutely amazing in, in my mirrorless system, that I can hold a camera in my hand and take 15 images, put them all together, uh, shooting at a wide open lens aperture and getting 15 images, shooting at a low ISO and getting a depth of field that I could not hope to achieve in other systems. And the big one, I think, is the real-time LCD active display, where as you make your adjustments, you see the effect of that adjustment in real time. Couple this with the use of an available histogram, and you have a whole set of tools that, well, frankly, you didn't have before, at least not in real time. I think that covers some of the things. There, there, are, there are a lot of other images. There are a lot of other functions that takes a fair amount of diving to learn, but they're there and they're doable. And do they make a difference? Yes. I think that discovery over time that you are talking about is probably one of the value propositions that many folks ignore when they go to make the decision. Sure. That there are, there's more to it than what may meet the eye initially. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for myself, I say I'm not ready to move to another body or another camera system because I have yet to identify functionality that I must have that I cannot do with the cameras and lenses that I already own. But to your point, I've created constraints based on what I've got now, <laughs> right. not on what I don't have. Now, my requirements are based on my requirements and my working style, and they may not apply to everyone. So I'm not saying you shouldn't do an upgrade if it's the right thing for you. 
I can see some features that would be nice to have, like better 4K video that was easier to do and that was better quality coming out. I'd love to have that flexible rear LCD. And as well, what you talked about with a viewfinder that shows me what the exposure is going to look like at the same time I make the image. Mm -hmm. That I don't have to wait and look at it afterwards. I can see some real value to that. So far, these are wants. They're not needs. And so I can't make the cost justification. And I'm not convinced that they will make for better photographs or videos because in the end, the quality of the final is up to me, not the tool that I used to make it. I do admit I'd like the idea of less weight, as with increased tenure comes joints that are more vocal when unhappy, and increased chance of stiffness and pain as a result of carrying gear that is just too darn heavy. <laughs> I'm not speaking of any particular 500mm f4 lens, but I know of one that is not far away. That makes me tired just looking at it. I can get around this to some extent with better planning. So I haven't gotten to need yet instead of want, but I can see it coming. Yes, and uh, I sort of mentioned periodically in this podcast that size, not size, but weight is not really the deciding factor. But when I can get into a car and have a 600 to an 800 millimeter lens hanging around my neck, it's not getting in the way of me driving, albeit at slow speeds. It's not going to dislocate my shoulder when I try to get it out, uh, out of the window so I can take a shot of a bird that's just landed not far away from me. I mentioned that things were awkward before. Well, they're not awkward now. So you said once that you should upgrade when the equipment in question cannot do what is needed to be created. And unless there are boundless funds and a willingness to learn a different system, and there is a huge learning curve, and well, sometimes I would say for the non-technically inclined, it can drive you crazy. But I am confident that the changes that I made for myself certainly addressed some specific needs, and I don't regret it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Because cameras and lenses, I mean, let's face it, they're large expenses. I'm not convinced that I am yet getting everything possible out of the gear that I have. And I've not yet been in a situation where I cannot make an image because of the gear. So from that perspective, I'm not in a position to need the upgrade. I can see the value proposition, but to your point, I'm not there yet. And you should also mention that unless you have decided that you're going to make a complete change to a different system. Makers offer adapters for your lenses that you can use, and you don't have to make the whole change at the same time. But should be aware that not all mirrorless is the same. There's mirrorless small sensor, mirrorless full-frame sensor, 
I don't know if there's mirrorless APCs or... There are. There are. Yep. So making a change to mirrorless necessarily is not going to solve your problem. Making a change to a smaller system will make it more functional, yes. But when you do that, chances are good that you're going to have to make the full swap, which is going to be costly. So if you don't have to, I would say think about it. Maybe make a partial change so that you don't break the bank and decide if it works for you and go ahead. I think that's a fair point. The change may not have to be everything all at once. In my case, I know that, for example, I could use all my existing full-frame glass on a new mirrorless camera with one of those adapters, and everything I've read and all the research I've done says that they work really well if I wanted to stay in full-frame. Right. But if I wanted to reduce the size, then I'm going to have to make a change in terms of not just the camera body or the glass. So this is something worth considering and thinking about in preparation for making that ship. Any other thoughts on this topic? I think I've done all the expounding that the listeners are going to listen to, so over to you. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> thanks for offering your practical experience to this conversation, Gordon, and I do hope it's been helpful to our listeners. Thank you to all who do listen, and please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, I'm Ross. And I am Gordon. And we will speak to you again whenever we can think of something to speak about.